Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. We're still here! We're still here! Yeah, Tom, we survived your horrendous Super Bowl last Sunday. That's the question I've been getting the most. Are you still going to be there? Yes, early odds continues, not just during the football season, but throughout the entire year. We're We're still still here. here. (laughs) But now we just pivot because it's that short period of time of the NFL offseason. As always, inside the clubhouse coming your way, Bruce Levine, Matt Spiegel, at 9 a.m. On today's episode of Early Odds, NBA writer and better Chris Sheridan joins me. There's a new football league starting today, and we're going to tell you how to bet it with a special guest from the Action Network that has been studying this for quite some time. That's all in the next half hour. But first, now that the NFL goes away for a little bit, I threw out the question on Twitter. What interests you as a sports better right now? I got 15 different answers. Usual suspects there, NBA, college hoops, NHL, MLB, and then I started getting UFC, boxing, tennis, golf, AAF, uh-huh. we'll get back to that later, the Ponies, Champions League, EPL, NASCAR, Bird Box NASCAR, thank you for that suggestion, uh, some props. No esports, though. You can bet on esports if you haven't checked, by the way. The interesting part was this show takes place in a city where college basketball usually takes a back seat. Most of my followers are from the Chicagoland area. College basketball, the most popular response. So we'll be covering that a bunch over the next couple of weeks leading into March Madness and throughout the month of March. Speaking of college hoops, controversy this week on Monday Iowa State favored by two and a half against Oklahoma. Iowa State is up by four. Buzzer hits. It's supposed to be Iowa State and the under. Buzzer hits. Shot goes after the buzzer. They count it. Oklahoma and the over instead of Iowa State and the under. That goes down on Monday. Wednesday, 
Villanova favored by nine against Creighton. Same situation. Villanova's covering. They should have covered. Buzzer. Shot goes up. And now Creighton covers. Then the quick response on Thursday. The NC2A announces that they will review all buzzer beaters in the NCAA tournament, whether it impacts the winner or not. Gambling, right? A statement on Friday included the term new gambling environment. So I think we put the heat on the NC2A just a little bit. They're changing rules midseason for the NCAA tournament, whether it impacts the winner or not. The power of sports betting. As if a sports gambling show on the score every week wasn't enough, this shows you once again where we are and where we're headed. Let's go out to Chris Sheridan on the hotline, longtime NBA insider. He is now with the New York Daily News, and you can follow him on Twitter at Sheridan Hoops. Chris, everybody's writing about the winners and the losers of the trade deadline, but how I'm looking at it, how other sports bettors are looking at at it is uh, how can we use this information to our advantage down the final stretch of the regular season and into the playoffs? And even before a lot of the trades went down, I was considering the Eastern Conference. If you're looking at futures, a little bit of value, that's how you have to attack it. And there's that group of four teams, Toronto plus 200, Milwaukee plus 260, Boston plus 300, and Philadelphia plus 475. Now we're past the deadline. Do you have a favorite among that group of four teams? Well, those are the odds to win the East, correct? Yes. You know, I I tend to look at which of those teams has a chance to win the championship because the odds are better. And the team that I look at that's better than anybody, although they're still missing a shooter, is Philadelphia. Philadelphia brought in the best player of the group in Tobias Harris. Now, they're still lacking a little bit on the bench, but you're talking about a starting five now that's Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, J.J. Redick, and Tobias Harris. I mean, that's a pretty damn good starting lineup. That's a team that can compete with Boston. As much problems as Boston's been having, what Boston looks like in February and what Boston looks like in April are not necessarily the same thing. So I, I think Philadelphia did better than, than anybody. The Toronto trade is interesting because they've been playing Ibaka a lot at center, especially with Valanciunas being injured lately. But now they've got a guy in Gasol who can do a lot more things than JV could do. What Valanciunas can do is you know, block shots, that kind of stuff. Ibaka can do that as well. So I, I think Toronto did very well also. And then again, Joe, I, I kind of look at somebody's going to come out of the East and have long odds to win the championship. I mean, everybody's taking it for granted that Golden State's coming out of the West. I would make the argument that there's a hell of a lot of good West teams with, with big prices on them. Number one, Denver. Number two, Portland. But if, if, if you're looking for value bets, then you start looking at the Eastern Conference contenders and what are their championship odds versus who's going to come out of the East. Because, you know, one injury can affect the team. So who's got the depth and who's kind of got the veteran presence? And I like Philly because, you know, J.J. Redick has been through wars for, you know, more than a decade in the NBA. And he was a real settling uh, influence on, the, on a lot of the younger guys last year. Now, when they went down to Boston in, in the East playoffs, a lot of it was off botched inbounds plays coming out of timeouts and at the end of close games. And Boston was playing without Kyrie. But uh, that year of playoff experience that Simmons and Embiid got under their belt, I think that's kind of invaluable. They're going to learn from last year's mistakes, and and you would think they're not going to make the same mistake twice. 
And for those NBA title odds, Toronto is ten to one, Milwaukee twelve to one, Boston thirteen to one, and Philly at eighteen to one. For people that are making placing wagers on the Eastern Conference, I've been telling them that instead of just picking a team out of the East, now you say look at the title, but to juice it up a little bit, another option you have is do a matchup: Golden State with Philadelphia. I mentioned Philadelphia plus four seventy five, but if you match them up with Golden State in the NBA Finals. Now it's up to plus 665. Do you think they're an absolute lock out of the West? No, I, not at all. I love the Portland Trailblazers, and I love the Denver Nuggets. I can't wait to see how how long Denver can sustain what they've been sustaining because they've been doing it despite numerous injuries. And, you know, a lot of that is Jokic. Actually, the, the Jokic MVP odds are a pretty good value bet right now as well because if Denver finishes in first place in the West, Jokic is going to draw MVP votes with the way that guy puts up triple-doubles. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Golden State comes out of the West. I think they're clearly the strongest team. And if Cousins can stay healthy and get used to playing without getting the number of touches he's used to getting in Sacramento and New Orleans, that's not going to hurt them. But the conference is so strong. You know, certain teams just match up with them well. Utah last season beat them by 30 points twice and beat them by 19 points once. The matchup is going to really matter. Who does Golden State face first round? Who do they face second round, third round? They may go up against a team in one of these rounds that's just not a good matchup for them. The Eastern Conference equivalent, I would say, would be what if Philly's third and Brooklyn is sixth? For whatever reason, Brooklyn plays Philly very, very well. They beat them handily a couple times, and then they lost one at the buzzer on a Jimmy Butler just sank one at the buzzer, and they came back from about 18 down in the fourth quarter. But certain teams match up with other opponents better than, than others. And so you got to see who Golden State faces. And, look, I don't think anybody's going to want to face the Lakers. LeBron's been to eight straight NBA Finals. He wants them to make it to nine. and. <laughs> You know, we'll see who the Lakers get in the in the buyout market, but what, what the Lakers look like now, it's a couple of days after the trade deadline, and what the Lakers look like on March 1st when playoff eligibility is determined, those are not necessarily the same things. And you brought up MVP for Jokic. You can find him offshore at 40-1. to 1. So if you want to take a shot there, that is certainly worth it. I see Harden at minus 250, Giannis plus 250, then you get into Curry and Bede, LeBron around twelve to fourteen to one in that area. Who has your vote right now? It's got to be Giannis right now. Milwaukee's got the best record in the league. Giannis just had a, uh, an extraordinary game a couple nights ago, but we're not there. You're not, we're not at the finish line yet. And when, and I've been an MVP voter in the past, Joe, and I always waited until game eighty-two was over, and then I'd send in my ballot. You know, the deadline was noon, and I they'd get my ballot at about eleven fifty-nine. You know, I put ten bucks on Jokic in the, last summer at a hundred to one, just because I had a guest on my show who said, "Listen, nobody pays any attention to that guy, but that guy is as good of a player as there is in the NBA." And he was he was at a hundred to one offshore, so I threw ten bucks on it. And the odds I've seen him go down three weeks ago, they were sixty to one, and now they've been sitting at forty to one for about two weeks. That the Denver Nuggets win the Western Conference and finish with a better record than Golden State, which was supposed to be, you know, a sixty-two win team. Voters often pick the best player on the best team. And so if the Bucks have the best record in the NBA, I think Giannis is the man. If the Denver Nuggets have the second best record in the NBA, but they won the Western Conference, then I, I think Jokic is going to be right in the, in the mix. Harden with what he's doing, that's why the numbers are where they are. But look at, look at the Rockets' record and where they're sitting in the conference. And, yeah, the guy's going to win the scoring title, clearly, by a lot. 
but does that make him the most valuable player? When I was a voter, I always used value as the operative word. Who meant the most to his team and got him to a place where they never expected to be? I think everybody expected the Rockets to be top one, two, three in the West, but nobody expected the Nuggets to be one, two, three in the West. But for Jokic, you know, because he plays on a team that's not on TV all that much, I think Denver's going to have to win the West outright for Jokic to have a chance. This is Early Odds on 670 The Score. I'm Joe Ostrowski with Chris Sheridan of the New York Daily News. And also, Chris, we have this new lottery, right? We've been dealing with this with the Bulls as they sit with the fourth-worst record in the NBA. One through three, all of a 14% shot at the number one pick. Then you come in number four at 12.5%. I mean, this is a big response to all the tanking that we've seen in recent years. In the last couple of months, because it's flatter at the top, do you think teams will tank as much? The obvious tankers are already have already shown shown their phases. You know, the, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hawks, they kind of are what they are. And then there's certain teams that have decided, okay, we got to give up. Memphis is among them. You know, Phoenix is down there. And it is what it is. You're still at the mercy of the ping pong ball machine. If you're bottom four, bottom five, you're dealing with infinitesimal percentages that are it's not quite so stacked as it was in the past where you really wanted to have the worst record. Right. Do you um, think we'll see fake injuries again? I mean, we saw that a year ago a lot. I think we'll see guys rested, and it's the caliber of the players that you put out there. You know, the Knicks, they stopped playing Enos Cantor a month ago because, you know, Enos Cantor could help them win, but Enos Cantor is now a part of their long-term future. And, uh, you know, Wesley Matthews got cut. Wesley Matthews is a good basketball player, but they just waved him, and Indiana's going to take him because Indiana wants to win. As far as the Bulls go, they kind of are what they are. They'll see how Otto Porter fits in, and they've got Marketing, who's a really good young player. they got to develop Chris Dunn, and Zach is what he is. And, you know, Zach's performing after signing his max contract. So, you know, they're a work in progress, but they weren't trying to fool anybody into thinking they were going to be a contender this year, nor were the Knicks, nor were the Suns, any of these bottom teams. So you're just at the mercy of the ping-pong balls. And the yeah. team with the, with the ninth-best record can win the lottery if the ping-pong comes combination comes up their way so it's a dangerous game to play but teams still continue to play it and um i think the trick for people who, who wager is spotting the team that's that's really just getting clobbered night after night after night after night and seeing if the line fits with as to where that that should be and on any given night you can look at a cleveland line and see damn man it's 17 and a half or 18 and a half it's a big line <laughs> yeah but cleveland's losing games by 30 and you know, I think the same thing. The Knicks, their losing streak is, is astronomical. And, and so, but what's a fair number for them to be placed as a dog? That's where you really got to look. And, and you got to look for the one or two games that are on the board each night where you're just like, hey, that, that line makes no sense at all. And then you jump on those. Yeah, the totals just have been out of control. Those have been fun to play this season, too. Uh, Chris Sheridan on Twitter at Sheridan Hoops, and he writes for the New York Daily News. Thanks for coming on, Chris. All right, Joe. Thanks for having me on. And switching gears, you need to know yourself as a better. I know myself. Here's the deal. This new Alliance Whatever Football League, I'm going to watch it today, and I'm going to bet on it today. Hot Shots, Legends, Iron, Express, Apollos, Stallions, Commanders, Fleet. Those are your nicknames. Head coaches Mike Singletary, Steve Spurrier, Mike Martz, all in it. A couple familiar running backs, Trent Richardson and Denard Robinson. Next year at this time, we're going to have 
two different football leagues, the AAF and the XFL. Ian Hartitz of the Action Network joins me. And Ian, tell me that one of these leagues is going to work. (laughs) I can't quite guarantee that one, Joe, but I am happy about the direction that this AAF at least is going in because I feel like every time one of these non-NFL leagues pop up, they're either trying to compete with the NFL or they're kind of trying to change things up enough so they don't look like the NFL. And I think at this point we all agree that we pretty much like the NFL product more than any other professional football product that's been given to us. And, yeah, so this league's pretty much trying to be an NFL developmental league. So I feel at least a little better about this league working uh, compared to some of the other ones because we are going to be seeing the same on-field product. And hopefully because of that, we'll get more talented players because I think one of the big issues we've seen is guys go to the CFL, they go to the Arena League, and they have pretty good careers, and then the NFL is hesitant to take them back. You know, they've been playing in the CFL. It's not the same thing. So tougher to evaluate. I'm cautiously optimistic about this new league just because they do seem to know their place as the little brother, and they seem to be fine with that. I do remember when we had the XFL and years ago, NFL Europe, I would get excited. Okay, football's not going away. I would watch it for a week, but then kind of lose interest as it went on. But now we have sports betting. So they have lines posted. So I think uh, it'll last longer than a week for myself. Oh, absolutely, man. I was hoping they'd have some uh, contests up on DraftKings and stuff to attack Daily Fantasy as well. But, yeah, I mean, as long as we can gamble on this. And we were talking before before the call a little bit, man. I'm not ready to pretend I like basketball just yet. <laughs> so as long as we can uh, keep this AAF going, I'm, uh, I'm here for it. Okay, so I'm such a D-Gen that my first thought is essentially a new sport, different rules, don't know how these teams are going to work out. Maybe we have an edge. Do we have an edge? We're going to find out, but I think you said it, man. We don't know much about these teams at all right now. I've spent plenty of time this week trying to look at the quarterbacks and the head coaches just to maybe get an idea of their upside and floor. But, again, that could all be out the window after watching one drive and we see how good an offensive line is or something. It's just tough to know too much about these teams, but we do know about these rule changes, and I think it seems like the entire direction of this league is they want more points. Two main premises behind all these rule changes pretty much is they're eliminating kicking and they're trying to speed up the pace. So, you know, 40-second play clocks down to 30 seconds. There's no television timeouts. Uh, you know, hopefully offense is getting better better rhythms. And also, there's no longer onside kicks. There's no longer kickoffs. Instead, teams can just go for a fourth and 10 from their own 35-yard line. So, no extra points. Basically, a whole bunch of more scoring opportunities for teams. And ideally, we're just going to see more football being played versus these kind of weird, uh, unique kicking situations that uh, wind up deciding a lot of these games. So with all that in mind, it looks like we're going to be getting more points. And that's what we saw in the week one, the preseason that this league actually had. I mean, they treated it like a legit preseason. Three quarterbacks were playing for each team and all that. And every single game reached at least 44 points. And the average was 51 points. And, I mean, I'm looking at these over-hunders for this week already, and the highest one, 44 and a half. So it doesn't seem like that the lines have quite adjusted to how high scoring this league could be. You know, not overloaded with talent, but again, with the help of these rule changes and ideally some of these quarterbacks still have a little something left, I think we could see some points flying on the scoreboard. In a couple of years from now, we're probably going to point and say, hey, the NFL is copying the AAF. As far as kickoffs go, that's where we're headed anyways. They want to eliminate kickoffs. Yeah, exactly, man. They want to eliminate kickoffs, and the whole league wants points. I mean, obviously these teams want points. I don't know why uh, they both can't get what they want here. Early odds on 670 The Score. My name Joe Ostrowski with Ian Hartitz of the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter 
at iHeartTitz, H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. All right, we also have some futures. I want to get your favorite pick for today and tomorrow coming up, but we do have futures. They install the Arizona Hot Shots as the favorite. I see the San Diego Fleet, Memphis Express, Birmingham Iron as long shots. How do you think they came up with these numbers? By the way, man, I love these names. You know, my favorite one is the Orlando <laughs> Apollos. I mean, we're getting we're getting loose out here. I With like the old it. ball coach. <laughs> exactly, man. Steve Spurrier. All right, like I was saying earlier, we have such a limited knowledge of these teams. I can't imagine like backing the prohibitive favorite, and I can't even believe there is a prohibitive favorite uh, in the league. Right now it is Arizona. I saw them at plus 250 to win the league. And you look at their roster, they got some good skill position guys, and Trevor Knight's their quarterback. Uh, you guys might remember him. Briefly beat Alabama to Oklahoma before Baker Mayfield eventually beat him out. He uh, had a nice final year at Texas A&M, but wasn't really able to catch on the NFL. I would be so much more behind this team if their offensive coordinator, who was supposed to be Hugh Freeze, the former Ole Miss coach, who had a ton of success with his spread offense against Saban and uh, all those guys, but he left the team in December to go be Liberty's head coach. So we have several situations in this league where uh, pretty good coaches have left within the last month or two. And how are you going to take a favor with their best coach and arguably the best coach in the league that just left two months ago with a quarterback that's never uh, completed 6% of his passes at any level. So I'm not getting behind them, but with some of the long shots you mentioned, man, Birmingham's the one that sticks out to me that I love. I mean, just really any team to be a massive plus 1200 long shot to win the title is pretty absurd, but looking a little bit deeper at this team, uh, their quarterback, Luis Perez was a D2 national player of the year and won that D2 national championship in 2017. So not like some of these guys were they were really good, like five years ago, he's been really good very recently. And uh, he spent his 2018 preseason with the Rams and Sean McVay and lasted up until the end of uh, the fourth game. So Luis Perez is someone to keep an eye on and his offensive coordinator is a guy named Steve Logan, East Carolina head coach from 92 to 02. And then he spent, had two or three stints with different NFL Europe teams. So pretty much the only guy in this league that has experience in kind of non-NFL leagues. And as recently as 2015, he was the 49ers QB coach. So I worry about getting behind kind of, you know, Spurrier in Orlando or Mike Martz in San Diego. Old coaches. These old coaches that just seem to want to get the band back together. You know, we're going to run my scheme that was awesome in 1998, and maybe those will work out. Maybe <laughs> this is the time for them, but I'm not going to be betting on those guys. I'm still going with the coaches that seem to still be innovating and, you know, just trying to pretty much avoid Christian Hackenberg as much as possible. As well. <laughs> I love this. We are breaking down a league we have not seen kick a football <laughs> yet. This is fantastic, and you should check out Ian's breakdown at actionnetwork.com. All right, we've got games later today, and we have games tomorrow, Ian. Uh, do you have a favorite pick? Yes. So, as I was saying earlier, I mean, I think pound these overs so we have evidence uh, that we shouldn't anymore. But if you want to pick one, got to take over 43.5 in San Diego Fleet at San Antonio uh, Commanders. San Antonio is the only uh, stadium in the league that has a dome. They're playing the Alamo Dome. And we got Mike Mars coming to town. So, greatest show on turf, week one, back in the dome. Uh, I don't know how you can't love that. And my favorite uh, team pick, I'm going to take Birmingham as a plus-one underdog at home against Hackenberg and Memphis. So, for them to just kind of take a stance on Birmingham as seemingly the worst team in the league and make them an underdog at home is just insulting and uh I don't quite get it, so I'm going to ride with them and just try to kind of play, play these edges of the league that you know maybe we have right now, maybe we don't. And not only do you have Hackenberg as the quarterback, but you have Mike Singletary as the head coach. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> look, man, like they, had, they 
they had a guy, Howe Hume, that was going to be their offensive coordinator, and he's had a you know, nice air raid history, but he left the team two months ago, so maybe Mike Singletary is running the offense now. God forbid. <laughs> it's funny because we don't even know what matters, right? Like you mentioned a team at home. Well, are there going to be crowds? Like I have no idea. <laughs> No, it's a good point. It's funny, too. On a bet DSI, you can actually bet on the attendance for these games. I think the over-under yes. in the San Antonio game is like 26,000 or something. So I was trying to compare against some San Antonio Spurs game that to take a step back and realize I was now researching attendance figures <laughs> for a league we have no idea about. I love 2019. Ian Hartitz, the E-Action Network. Thanks for jumping on, Ian. We'll have to do it again. Thanks a bunch, man. Looking forward to watching this. You know you're going to watch. Maybe. AAF. We'll see how long it lasts. I do want to incorporate some questions from new bettors and even veteran bettors on early odds every single week. So you can tweet me any questions you have about sports betting at Joe0670, at Joe0670 on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you can email me as well. Send them to Ostrowski at gmail.com. J-O-E-R- O-S-T-R-O-W-S-K-I at gmail.com. If you missed any of this week's episode to Early Odds, you just hopped in the car, running some errands, the podcast will be available shortly on 670thescore.com or just search Early Odds on iTunes, Art19, Google Play Music, or Stitcher. We're there as well. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel is coming up next. Be here next Saturday too, 8.30 a.m. Early odds on the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.